Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. My guest today is one of those extraordinary people who has turned all the negatives into a positive when everything else in her life looked bleak. And she tells her story in the wonderful international best-selling book, Unwavering Strength, as she's going to today with us. And Beverly is a writer, a raconteur, a peacenik, a self-professed guinea pig, and she's always looking to shift paradigms in the healthcare world to show people that there are other ways other than the conventional ways. And she loves to use humor to deliver her message, and she also has a best-selling book that we're going to touch on called Confessions of a Middle-Aged Hippie, and I'm thrilled to have her with us today. Welcome, Beverly. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here. I appreciate it. Oh, it's wonderful. How's the weather in Toronto? We've been having such a lovely, lovely winter that I'm, I must say that I'm surviving well because <laughs> winter is my least favorite time of year. And uh, so, yeah, it's been a pleasantly surprising. I'm wearing my spring shoes to go walking every day, so I think that says something about how good the weather is. Well, that says a lot. And at another time we'll chat because I have family in Ottawa, so they're always mm. telling me, don't complain on a cold day in California because we're freezing. <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. you're having a good, hopefully you're having a good uh, winter there as well. Yeah, everything is always perfect weather-wise in, in California. So I'd love yeah. to talk to you about your chapter. I, I was so entranced by reading, you know, I, I do a lot of stories about overcoming adversity on this show and yours is a perfect example. Uh, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what happened, you know, to your to your to your health and and what brought you to where you are today spiritually? Absolutely. Um, so health issues are not new to me. I mean, I've I've really lived a journey. I call it the journey back to health. I think if I looked at my life and, you know, looking back and connecting all the dots, it start. I did have health issues from a young age often undiagnosed or, you know, trying to diagnose something because I think the medical profession, that's what they do the best is when they have a, a very firm diagnosis of what's going on. So in 2001, um, I around the new year, I got really, really ill and it appeared to be the flu. So that's what people thought, but it went on and on and on and I started to lose weight really dramatically. So within three short months, I'd lost 40 pounds, which if anyone's listening, I know a lot of people would say, I'd love to, I'd love to lose 40 pounds, but not when you're ill. It's really not. No. And I read that in your chapter when you said you was something like 89 pounds when you're in yeah. the airport in a wheelchair and I just about cried my eyes out. I and mean, that's, I can't imagine how devastating that must be. Well, it was really scary for everyone around me. And I, you know, I mean, I had, it wasn't my, I'd been in the alternative, uh, you know, I've been looking always to the alternative medical field. I some ways uh, walked away from the, from the traditional medical field for a lot of reasons, which we could talk about. And I had traveled an alternative path, but even within the alternative field I was in, people were, they had, they didn't really have answers. I was trying whatever I could try or whatever they could offer. And I had heard about this clinic in Germany and from these people who I had been working with. And it sounded like a very interesting place where Germany is very progressive, where they, you know, they marry alternative uh, or complementary medicine with traditional medicine, and it was a clinic in Germany. Well, honestly, I could not even walk up a flight of stairs, and here I was literally a week before saying, I'm going to go to this clinic in Germany. Nobody there really spoke English. I don't speak German. So it was pretty daring considering, <laughs> considering the health I was in, and nobody suggested I go. I mean, I didn't have anybody agreeing with me. They were like, oh, my God, are you sure you should, are going to do this? And this is just something I've done in my life. Unbelievable that you survived yeah. <laughs> that trip. 
Well, I don't, you know what, if I look at it again now, I think, you know, sometimes when you just go and you sort of push through something because it feels like it's the right thing or intuitively you're like, I thought this was my, the, the panacea, like this was going to be the answer. I thought I'm going to go there and I'm going to heal. Well, little did I know, um, I went there. It was an amazing experience. However, I came back three and a half weeks later as ill as I had gone there and this, you know, so what you didn't I write have any my... resolution there, no di- specific diagnosis or no. treatment or. I had what what they told me, and I know you wanted to know more. Is I mean, I'd always had digestive issues throughout my life, so the doctors, right. I put that in quotes, had wanted to call it Crohn's disease. So if anybody was going to label it, it was Crohn's disease. Except my symptoms were not typical of Crohn's disease. So that would complicate it even more. I didn't have typical symptoms. I appeared that I had, honestly, at 89 pounds, you can imagine people thought I was anorexic or bulimic. And of course, I love food so much. I write about it in my book. I was eating 5,000, 6,000 calories a day, and I still I couldn't gain an ounce. So oh, in Germany, they did. Yeah, they, I mean, really, if I would tell you, the tests that they put me through in Germany were so stressful on my body, and yeah, all they could come up with was it's very complicated. Every single organ is now involved. That's how ill I was. I mean, suffering from severe, severe malnutrition. And as I write, and I don't know if it's in this story, but in my book, I wrote literally one day the doctors came in and they said, there's very little hope for healing on a physical level. We suggest that perhaps you pray. And people don't believe that anybody would say it that way. And I'm like, that is exactly because I wrote it in my journal. You know, whatever strength I had, I wrote these. I, I made notes of everything that was going on. And it was like, wow. You know, I didn't consider myself a religious person in the, in, for the, in the praying realm. But I had a lot of people who really at home did not think I was going to make it. I mean, you know, I wrote in the story in Unwavering Strength. And this is the truth. Sitting at the airport, my daughter turned to me and she said, Mom, it is, it's okay if you want to go to Germany and die. You've been through so much that it's okay. And you know, I was that like, also gave me the chills when I, when I heard her say that because to have a family member sort of give yeah. you the, you know, the, um, the go-ahead like that just must have been so It was so shocking. Sad. Yeah. It was sad for everyone around me watching me, but I think, like I said, when you're in the middle of this, so what, I mean, I have an incredibly strong will, and I thank my almost 100-year-old mother for this kind of, in, this kind of, this will that, to push through. And in that moment, I thought, die? No, no, I don't have any plans of dying. I didn't realize, and I don't know how I didn't realize how critical my situation was. And I think sometimes when you are in the middle of it, you know, you are going with sheer will or hope or whatever people, I mean, I call it active hope. You have to do something. You can't just say, yes. I hope I get better. So you take some action. So going to Germany was that action. I came home and literally, honestly, I was as you know, as sick as when I had gone over there three and a half weeks before, but a lot of insights um, to myself, to, you know, like what strengths I do have. And I was determined. I mean, I don't know. You know, I have many times people will say, wow, your persistence, your perseverance, your your discipline when it comes to your health. And that's one thing I, I mean, I will take and say, you know, I didn't really give up on myself. And that's... Well, and didn't you have to mortgage your house too to do this? Yeah. I had mortgaged my house because, I mean, really, to go to Germany just like that, literally within a week I was in Germany, and honestly, I had, it. you know, this, I write more about the story in my book, but I tried to make this story so you could really feel what this situation was like. It felt like do or die to me in some ways. Like, I was looking for some answers somewhere, 
And of course, the answers weren't out there. Um, there's help out there. There's support out there. For me, it was really was a long. When I say that, I'm putting a lot of O's in the word long. Um, and before, and other times in my life, I'd bounce back. Not bounce back, but I was a bit cavalier because I had had really down moments, but not that down. You know, like not where I was so far down that people thought, oh, my God, this could go either way. And that's what people still will tell me. More people thought I wouldn't make it than thought I would. And nobody oh. agreed with my – nobody actually agreed with my choices for myself. So this so is when where you I realized, came back. Yeah. Then that's when you realized that that's when you turned to prayer. Are, are you attributing your your healing? Um, I think part of it was just trusting that I was being guided by the spiritual world. I have a really strong belief in the spiritual world and that I have been guided all along. I mean, mm-hmm. the key with that is really listening, and that's where this for me it's the intuition. It's like making the choice to go to Germany, even though nobody agreed with me. Um, and then I, I found this amazing therapeutic art program when I got back. So just all these interesting synchronicities in the journey to find what will be the magic, again, quotes around, what will be the magic and definitive one thing that will turn this around? And, of course, there isn't one thing. You know, we're on, this is what I say to be, we're on these individual journeys in our life. And for some people, it could look like there's one thing that turns it around. However, for me, it was a combination of all of them. It was a culmination. It was just really being committed to myself and to be here, feeling I have something to share. I have something to do. Um, So it was a long journey back. It took almost eight or nine years, and it did culminate. So, like, to be really honest, it did culminate uh, after doing a lot of work, a lot of inner work, a lot of understanding of myself, where this where this illness came from, uh, you know, I really believe physical illnesses don't happen only on the physical level. That usually starts on a much higher spiritual and emotional level. Um, and, and an understanding of all this all through this therapeutic art program that I that I was involved in. That again, those people were not even sure how is she going to how is she. I was lying on the floor in some classes. I couldn't even sit up for a class. So. I mean, you know, I was so far down that really the only way was up. The question was, how am I going to get up again? Unbelievable. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what was this yeah. art program like? You mentioned that that was like your savior in the in the in the chapter. Yeah. It's basically um, it comes out of anthroposophy, Rudolf Steiner, and anthroposophy. So it really talks about the threefold and the fourfold man. So you work through various layers of who you are. You work in different medium. And I say that Regina Couric, who was the facilitator and who created this program, really was like an angel for me here on Earth. And it also had happened that I even was introduced to it through a, a classical homeopath. So after I came back, I was working with a variety of different people in this classical homeopath. Uh, showed me a veil painting. So if you haven't seen veil paintings, when you see them, there's something quite magical about them. Um, and I saw that and I went, wow. And that was another one of those defining moments. So I wasn't working with her anymore, but after seeing this art, there's Easy. something and it called me. Bless you. So for me, when I'm called to something, this is one of the things I say to people, if something resonates or calls you, explore it. You know, it's sort of like your future coming towards you. Are you going it's to say yes? inner voice. Yeah, that you have yeah. to listen to, you know, and and always trusting your own your own voice, you know. Like you said, don't trust anybody else's. Trust your own intuition when nobody else agrees with you. Yeah, and that's been pretty key in my life. And sometimes I wonder, is that my stubbornness and resistance, or is that my 
will? Is it a combination of both? And I would have to say, whatever the combination is for me, it it ultimately worked for me. And I had I was at this moment in time when, and I don't know if I wrote this in this chapter, but the moment in time where both my anthroposophical doctor, and they work in a very holistic way, they're not only medical doctors, wanted me to go see my gastroenterologist again because she said, if you're going to die of anything, Beverly, you're going to die of malnutrition. So if there's any other choices, I mean, I was still, you know, like very, very skinny. Um, I was in pain most of the time. You know, I spent a lot of time on the floor in pain. And it was like, well, there has to be another way to live other than being in physical pain all the time. So when I went to the gas, so the gastroenterologist sends me to the surgeon, and he happened to be a surgeon that I had had surgery in the 80s. Um, and he looked at me and he said, I can tell you 90% that if you choose to have surgery, your life will be, you know, like it will improve your life 90%. So I left that meeting because I had been pretty determined to not do surgery, to really find a way on my own. But, uh, you know, I was told people, here I was offered 90%. How many people are offered 90%? <laughs> Uh, I made this choice to have surgery, and it ended up being like ten and a half inches of my bowel that was really inflamed, really blocked off, and there was nothing else. And he, I mean, it's been sort of magical. But however, it was the preparation. I had healing people coming into the hospital room. I had crystals all around my room and paintings and flowers, and you know, created this environment for healing. That I mean, hospital. So you had a combination of answers then, from the alternative world to the yeah. the traditional. Finally, finally, you got some some resolution. Yeah, and it's about making a choice. And what is the best choice for you in the morning? In the moment, I mean, I could have been really resistant, and I could have said, "No, I'm going to do it my way." And there is a lot of that in me. Like, and I can recognize now, there's a lot of that. I'm going to show these people. I'm going to do it my way and show them what's possible. And then I went, "Well, wait a minute. Who's a loser in this, Beverly? <laughs> you know, oh. if you, ch yeah, who's a loser? If you choose not to have the surgery, you can go on as you are. However, are you going to trust someone <laughs> that 90 percent? your you know your life will improve and of course it has because i accepted that and that's another thing in our lives right to be accepting of what is so in our lives and well yeah, i guess I could, you were also yeah. lucky because I, I had a friend who went through similar surgery and she went through three or four of them and they were not successful so you know at that point hopefully <laughs> your angels were watching you know you obviously had a good person and they got to the the, the bottom literally of what was wrong and helped you you know, yeah, and, and I mean, there was many more complications that I uh, I have overcome, we'll say, uh, subsequently, and like just constantly um, shifting paradigms a lot, like with what people believe is possible when it does come to health and healing. And I feel we have many more possibilities within us, and the choices we, we do. Make. And I, you know, I understand about the alternative medicine world too, because you know, having gone blind uh, slowly over a period of many years. I searched for every answer because they've had no treatment or cure, and I had a, a, a talk show called Healing Your Life. And mm -hmm. that, I might not have found real answers to stop the degenerative disease, but I found others that helped me with my body and my spirit. So I mm -hmm. get what you're saying. You know, it's very important just to to keep, you know, searching and to not give up, you know, and... Um, and sometimes people turn yeah. yeah turn their nose up at alternative medicine, but there's a lot of good there. You know, I wish the two would work together more, the Western and Eastern medicine. 
Well, and I I would imagine more people are, I would hope that they're open-minded, but I think what's happened is like, you know, the Western medical system has become like the the be-all and, and the gods, right? And people, I mean, I have to say there's a lot of people who don't want to do the work and they are looking for an easy solution or yeah. they're looking for a quicker fix. So if the doctor says do this, they'll do that. And well, I, I think uh, people are, yeah. Yeah, I spent 30 years, we'll talk at another time, you know, because of your, um, the Crohn's and everything, not knowing what was wrong with me when I went to umpteen doctors and had numerous amounts of tests and stuff, and it was all an allergy to gluten, you know, possibly celiac, I'm on the border, and so I, I know what you're saying, and that really came from going to a doctor who was an MD but had an alternative slant. And that helped me so much. So, you know, you do have to keep searching for answers on your own, you know, when when other people, other doctors says, no, you're not allergic to gluten, you're fine, your tests are negative, you know. Well, I mean, I I feel that's it. I feel that might have been like the resistance of me. I kept looking until I found the answer I wanted. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I can tell this anecdotal story because at the age 28, which is a really pivotal time in our lives for people who are into astrology, often between 28 and 31, we're in our Saturn return. And it's really, you'll see people either get married, they have children, they have health issues, they move, like whatever major things are happening in life. So at the age 28, I had a gastroenterologist who actually said to me, um, do you plan to have children? And I said, I do. And he goes, don't. He goes, you're never going to be able to get pregnant. You're going to have to be on drugs for the rest of your life, and you will have to have you know, multiple surgeries. That was a really key turning point for me. I went, thank you very much. I don't really like that prognosis. Let's see what else is available out in the world, which is when I first turned to alternative medicine. And there were very few people doing it. There was one doctor in Toronto who was an MD doing all kinds of alternative protocol and it was impossible to get in to see him. I had to beg his, you know, his assistant to let me in. And that was a turning point where I walked away from the really traditional medical world and started seeking almost every and any alternative you can imagine <laughs> um, out there. And, like, it's just been a journey. It's my life's journey. And it's like some people, you know, my mother, I think I wrote this in the chapter, my mother would say, nothing is working. And then I would say, but wait a minute, everything is working because it isn't one thing. Well, you know, it's your never, attitude, uh, yeah. you never, you're so persistent. And, uh, you know, my, my acting coach used to say persistence and uh, t- Talent and uh, persistence equals luck, you know, so you never gave up. That's my point, you know. But let's talk about your career, too. What were you doing before all this happened, and did, your, did what you're doing now evolve from your yes. suffering and from your answers? <laughs> it did, you know. So I, had, so I come from a lot of different things in my life. I mean, I have a business degree in marketing, and somehow right after I graduated from that, I uh, ended up in the entertainment industry, so spent – a lot of the 70s in the entertainment industry, and then at the very early stages of the home video industry, I ended up involved with that and opened a chain of home video rental stores. So somehow always to do with the entertainment industry. Um, and then when I was now, really, excuse me, what, when you yeah. say entertainment business, were you a songwriter? Were you yeah. you're, you're a songwriter? Well, I was performing on the road. Beautiful. But, oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. Where can we hear your music? Oh, that's what I'm resurrecting in my life right now. Not really too many places because I'm not up to date with all the te- the way everyone's doing everything. You know, it's so easy now with people with their computers and technical. Yes. If you if you actually listen, if you do watch 
or and listen to the music in my book trailer video for Confessions of a Middle-Aged Hippie, I have a whole section where I talk about this one song, A Different World, and you'll hear the song, A Different World. So my daughter is okay. very talented. Yeah, so there's a little snippet there, and I'm into resurrection mode, recreating mode. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm always recreating what I'm doing. But, you know, one of, the, one of the times when I was really, really ill, I was running 104 fever, nobody had an idea what was wrong, I started having these flashes of these anecdotal stories from my life. And I think Rick James, the musician, had just literally passed away, and I found out he had the same birthday as me, February 1st. And, of course, many years ago, I had jammed with him here in Toronto. He had left Buffalo. He had come here. We were in the basement of some buddy's house and this guy Rick James comes in so there's an anecdotal story in my book about Rick James and him telling me to sing it like Shaka Khan <laughs> of course I say I sounded more like Karen Carpenter however <laughs> so it was like a, so um, these anecdotal stories were pouring out and I was like wow this is really cool what what did these mean so I'd start jotting down some of these stories so when I came through this illness I'm in Sedona in the summer of, or whenever, the summer of 2009, and I'm in the pool, and this woman is there, and she's talking to me about this writing retreat she had just come from, and how she'd been an artist, we, an artist and a writer for 25 years, and this retreat was fascinating. She goes, everyone writes a book in a week. I went, pardon? <laughs> what? Because um, that interests me. To start something and finish it quickly is very much <laughs> something that I uh, always aspire to do. And she was supposed to get back to me with the information, did not. I researched the information. I find this writing retreat. But in the moment she told me, I knew I was going to go to this writing retreat and see if I had a book in me, to see if I could write a book. So there's a chapter in my book about going, preparing for the retreat, going to the retreat, and writing this book. When the way I've written my book, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Hippie, it's a combination of my stories in the entertainment industry and my health issues. And it's not about being, when I say confessions, it isn't about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's confessions about being human and sure. seeing where our resistances are and seeing how do we humans come through, you know, like how do we trust ourselves? How do we have these experiences and make it through to the other side? So they're, it's written in a very anecdotal storytelling way, and I'm telling my story to a very famous uh, talk show host <laughs> in the book. So each story stands on its own. It's not a story, and it's not in any particular order, because linearity has always been a bit uh, boring for me. <laughs> so it goes, right. so it's just, yeah, it's <clears throat> really, and that's what happened. So out of this illness came writing the book. I happened to go to a book writing um, seminar in Southern California, actually, and was invited. We were all invited to write for the Huffington Post. So that was like, oh, that's cool. I waited for three months, wrote a piece, sent it to Ariana Huffington, and the rest is history. I've been submitting, you know, and writing and posting there since 2011. That's so all wonderful. Of this really, and that's like the yeah. highest on the food chain is the Huffington <laughs> Post. It's a, you know, a girlfriend of mine writes for them too, and she's a big yeah. speaker, and she's she's wonderful. So I, I saw that in your bio, and that's just terrific. Well, and it's all these synchronicities, and then it's like I said, you know, you have these opportunities that come to you, and at first there was a fear in me, what am I going to write for the Huffington Post? And then I just sat down one day and I went, oh, I want to write this article, and I wrote, you know, so it's really about taking up these things that present themselves to you, and this is one thing, it's it's being present, right, to life, because we are presented with opportunities all the time, and it's easy to say no to them, but what happens when you say yes, and you just take it, and you see, I mean, 
somebody said to me, just keep saying yes until you have to say no. And like you I know, say, that's funny. My, yes my minister yes. from my minister from Unity Church used to say, just say yes. She would open up mm-hmm. a sermon like that, and I I loved it. I never forgot it. Fifteen years ago, she used to say that uh, when I went to this church in Santa Monica, and she'd say, you know, the, the word yes is so powerful that you open so much spiritually and energetically, you know, when you just open your yourself up to possibilities, and it's so true. And I feel it's like if it resonates with you, why would you say no? Like, just explore it and see where it goes. I mean, right, that's well, I even, think, yeah. right, exactly, even if it's not for you, just to be open-minded and to learn Yes, I had this conversation this morning with someone because I was talking about songwriting again, and I said to her, I can't write a song on my own. And she said, what does that mean? You've now set yourself up, so of course you won't be able to write. I said, well, she said, you can choose to want to collaborate. So, yeah, it's really all in the framing of it. You know, you want to do something in your life, but then we limit ourselves just by somehow limiting ourselves saying something like that so it's really flipping it for me and like really trusting i have such strong intuition now and i feel maybe through my life i didn't listen does that make sense like you know when we're young we don't really listen we somehow go with what seems to be the world around us i mean right now it's so noisy in the world around us that i hope people are listening to themselves and not all of the information out in the world so what's the old saying, too? We have two ears and one mouth, so, you know, it's better to listen. Because, you know, and why and it, don't you share – oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask no, no, you if you ahead, wanted to sorry. share something from your book, uh, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Hippie, you know, one of your anecdotal stories. Oh, my God. I think they're much funnier when you read them on the page, apparently. Somebody just told me – I went <laughs> – Someone's reading my book now. She's been a longtime friend online, and she just wrote something on one of my things. She goes, I am cracking up about the white diet. And I was like, what was the white diet? Wait a minute. And then I remembered my doctor had introduced me to this classical homeopath, and he had basically said to me, do not eat anything green, which sounds very counter <laughs> counterintuitive to what we're being told now. But I, you know, I don't even know the rationale. But me, with my own way of rationalizing things, I was in the home video industry, so my white diet consisted consisted of popcorn and Haagen Dazs vanilla ice cream. So she's cracking up because here I am, so sick, and nobody knows what's wrong with me. I have digestive issues, and I'm choosing white foods like popcorn and ice cream. Oh, my God. I was rationalizing Do you don't eat anything green? That's so funny. So, you know, I have all these crazy anecdotal stories. And, I mean, I guess if I even read my own book now, (laughs) I would probably go, oh, wow, yeah, that was really one of those crazy moments in life. (laughs) (laughs) How is your diet now? Are you able to, to eat, you know, most foods or... Well, I'm really very careful, and people find that unusual. They say, well, you're healthy now. Why are you so careful? And I'm like, I'm careful exactly because of that reason, because I am so healthy now. Um, I've always done very well with a high animal protein diet. I eat organic chicken. I've never done well with grains. Um, So even though I know there's a lot of people who are in, you know, their movement to vegan or vegetarian, it's Mm -hmm. just not a diet that works for me. And I really feel like, you know, if you choose consciously the food that you're going to eat and there's you know there's everyone has a theory and like some theories counteract other theories so i feel we're in a time on our planet where it's very individual and what works for us may not work for someone else and it's really about finding what works for you so yeah my daughter says i don't eat anything however that's not quite true i i mean i do eat yogurt i eat mostly organic very clean i don't use a lot of spices or a lot of sauces 
So, yeah, I'm eating quite clean. Um, I'm being much more cognizant of being kind to myself rather than driving myself. I was thinking about that today, how, like, you know, when I was younger and I have tons of energy, I would push, 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 push until I crashed. I'm one of those people, you know, the high. Oh, yes, me too. I'm born under the Aries star, so. Okay. (laughs) You get up and try to conquer the world every day. So, and as an Aquarian with five other planets in air, so all you astrology people, I have six planets in air, so I'm basically hovering, I say, slightly above the earth, you know, and just drawing ideas from the cosmos. And it's like, you know, a challenge. It's like be in your body. And I do. I look at the pain that I had or the illness I had as a very, very loud message from my body to, you know, really pay attention, to be in your body. To do you think you would body. have been this, you know, where you are spiritually and who you are today if you hadn't struggled through this you know it's hard it's hard to know i don't really look at regrets probably not and i feel karmically this was the journey i chose you know the the situation i write about this in the book the situation that set me up the mystery surrounding my birth etc i think all of these things led to this kind of disconnect like this spiritual and emotional disconnect from the body you know i have all these anecdotal stories i mean i know i was really disconnected so my journey has been about experiencing what it's like to be in a body because we are here we're in human form and to have that experience so i've come a really long way it has taken a lot of years would i have liked it to be a shorter journey in the sense of you know healing and and staying healed it just wasn't that way so i'm accepting what is and now like i said even now i'm really excited about reigniting music in my life still writing all the time. I'm sharing health and wellness with people. I'm part of an amazing team. And, you know, that's a real passion for me because I see people even more so today, the stressors in the world and how people's health, you know, if you don't have your health, well, you know this too. If you don't have your health, you really you have are nothing. Playing. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm doing, I, we have a word for me. It's multifacetist. We were come, trying to come up with what's someone who doesn't do just one thing. And it's like, I do what I'm called, you know, where I'm called and how can I be of service and how can I be of help to other people? So, well, you said really, something yeah. earlier, you hit on the word purpose and that, that's one of my favorite words. Somebody said to me the other day, one of my close friends, when we were talking about, uh, a particular thing that I wanted to do, and he said, you're so purpose-driven. And I said, well, so are you. Look who's talking. You know, this man is just unbelievable. He's a speaker and author. And, and you know, my point is we all have to feel valuable and have some sort of reason to, to give back and to to feel needed and purposeful in the world. You know, without that, it's it's really, you know, you're nowhere. Well, I think that's what we are here, to be of service in whatever way, and there's no judging what's a better way or not. I just have always seem to have very grand visions like the Aquarian in me, like how do I change the world? (laughs) How do I make a huge impact? And I've had to learn, like, you know, not everybody, I mean, you could be, like they'll say, no matter what you're doing in life, if you are compassionate and kind and giving to other people, then you are being of service. You can do that every day. It doesn't have to be grandiose. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. And to live in gratitude. (laughs) Big lesson for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's also karmic. What goes around comes around, you know. I agree. And sometimes I have to remind myself where I've come from. You know, sometimes I'll be running up a flight of stairs and I'll be, you know, that long ago, remember that long ago you could not even walk up a flight of stairs, you were so sick. And I don't want to live in where I was, but you know what I mean? It's People say, you're very hard on yourself. And like, do you know what you've done in healing yourself? Because there is something 
and I believe this, like when people heal themselves or transform an illness or live, you know, powerfully with an illness, they're actually transforming the world on some level, if that makes sense to you. It does very much make sense to me because, I mean, think about it. Think about the world if we didn't have ISIS or we we all had the Wayne Dyer type of attitude or philosophy. Just think of the harmony and the energy, what what, what it would be like, you know. But we're constantly battling these negative forces. And so you, you have to live in the light. You have to just, you know, create as much positive as you can and try to spread spread the word. It's infectious. Yeah, I mean, my symbol, I don't know if you saw it, is rose-colored glasses. <laughs> and well, I, you know, I mean, weren't blind, I could have seen it. No, <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, I didn't know how much of you could see from my website no, 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 or whatever. I, know, I have I little rose-colored glasses in my email. And my oh. rose-colored glasses are like, really, I walk through the world with these rose-colored glasses. And that's, someone said to me, that's as much of a burden you know, like because really always wanting to see the optimistic or, I mean, I stand for peace, so this is a big thing for me. So when I say I'm a peacenik, yeah, I've always stood for peace. So when I talk about hippie, that's one thing I should say because people are thinking, oh, she must have lived the lifestyle. No, I'm talking about a hippie value system. And this is what I think is our human value system. So, you know, I've always stood for peace, maybe at all costs, which some people will say isn't good, but peace and love and, like, art and music and compassion and community and, you know, all of these things that were birthed during the hippie era. This is, you these are, are the human child. Yeah, but this is all of us. Who doesn't? I mean, there, mess, there are some people who don't, but who wouldn't love to live in a peaceful world? Who of wouldn't, course. You know, so this, yeah. Absolutely. That, that's the so, ultimate goal. So that's my big one that I stand for, this big issue that I stand for is peace. And people will say, well, look at how nothing's changed, you know, since the hippie movement. I'm like, well, you know what, if if more of us see peace as a possibility, then it becomes a possibility. That's so, what I meant I, when I talked about Wayne Dyer, yeah. exactly. It's, yeah. you know, the more the more you can spread the word and, and get other people, you know, uh, on this thinking and, and talking the same philosophy, the better yeah. the world it'll be, you know. So that's my my book is less about lifestyle, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and more about being human and living these values. And it's funny when I meet young people who know me, and they'll say, "Of course you're a hippie." Like so, you know, if my brother had said to me when I was writing the book and told him the title, he goes, "You know, you weren't really a hippie." Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I had to stop and think about it because I was like, "But of course I was a hippie." You know, so that's where I really got the distinction. Hippie, the way the media portrayed it, no. Hippie, the, the value system, absolutely. So, yeah, that that's a big one for me, looking and standing for peace in the world. And uh, Well, it sounds like a wonderful art, yeah. book. Now, tell us, are any of your books on audio, you know, for some of our listeners who are vision impaired? I have not done that yet, and I apologize. Not yet. That's no. okay. Any any on, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, e-book. E-books, yes. you know, where yeah, my e-book e-books definitely. are doable when you're vision impaired. Yes, they, my ebook is definitely available on Amazon and in Great. Kindle format. Terrific. So, you know, we're winding down here, and I've so enjoyed talking to you and talk about overcoming adversity. You have done just that in your life, so you're a real example of someone who's living oh, thank in you. a second vision with unwavering strength. So I wanted to send people to your website and also put in a plug for our book, Unwavering Strength, the international mm. bestseller. And um, so if you want to tell me where you can story. find all these goodies... Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, my website is beverlygolden.com, and my first name is spelled with an L-E-Y, so it's Beverly 
com, and I'm very findable online simply because of, you know, the, the posts on the Huffington Post, and then, of course, on Wavering Strand. I'm so grateful to have my chapter in that because there's some amazing stories in it and amazing people I got to meet because of it. I actually helped a couple of people write their story as a writer, you know, and uh, it's really fantastic. Uh, the human spirit is very, very um, amazing when you read the diversity of experiences people have and how they they do. They persevere and come through, and you're an example of that, too. So Unwavering Strength is also available on Amazon, um, both my book and, and that book, which I'm co-authored in, like you. They're available on Kindle. So uh, kind of everywhere, anywhere someone wants to go, they'll find it. <laughs> That's terrific. Thank you so much, Beverly. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. This is an amazing conversation. Thank you for your wonderful energy. I really appreciated this conversation. It felt very um, like there's some synchronicity here of experiences that we've lived. Very much so, and I look forward to connecting at another time together. We'll stay in touch on email. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on Second Vision. You've been listening to Kristen McDonald, and my guest is Beverly Golden. Have a wonderful day.